It's time for the main event. Speaking out of the denim chair, weighing in at 160 pounds, Robbie the Harvard Dome Davidson. <sighs> and in the other side of the room, we have weighing in at 180 pounds, <laughs> Travis the Tarantula McKenna. <laughs> Fuck, those are bad names. <laughs> With a professional record of 45 kills, 15 blowjobs, 8 handies, and 1 reach around. Robbie Harvard Dome Davidson. (laughs) (laughs) And in the other side of the studio, we have, with a professional and long career running record of... (laughs) Zero kills, uh, zero blowjobs, <laughs> two concussions, and one OTP handjob. <laughs> one long-term girlfriend. <laughs> Travis the Tarantula McKenna. <laughs> um, all those stats were made up. Uh, Robbie, of course, has not had any over-the-pants handies that I know about, at least. Um. Zero kills. Zero. <laughs> Saving myself for marriage. Yes. Robbie the Virgin. <laughs> Sorry, all this uh, comes off of watching a very exciting UFC weekend. Did you see it? Did any of you see it? Uh, any fight fans out there? Uh, we'll try to it get was a good one. Yeah. We'll try to get into this episode real quick because it's a really cool episode. Uh, today we are joined by the what I'm going to assume to be one of the future. Like he's kind of preparing himself to be like the most interesting man in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had a very cool perspective of j- just kind of his day, the, the way he goes about things day to day. But I feel like, you know, the way his beard's coming in right now and the way his life's kind of going, he's he's he could be that guy from the commercials, you know, like the most interesting man <laughs> in the world. Like give him 50, man. 60 years. He's now <clears throat> speaking like seven languages. He's been traveling the world, writing code and, and seducing foreign women, you know what I mean? And, and drinking uh, local... Beer, um, but yes, he's my high school friend Brendan Metcalf. He's about to take off to Mexico um, for six weeks and uh, to code and live basically remotely. But the coolest part about it is that is not at all how his path started out. He's all about living and re- working remotely these days, uh, which has taken him. To a bunch of cool places. But he started he out just about. as a business guy at Western. BMOS yeah. for two years and then boom, went to the States. Boom, went to Montreal. Boom, wanted to be a coder. And uh, wanted to learn a couple languages. And he's just got some some cool stories and um, to just some cool stuff in general to talk about, right? So, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, wanna, I liked fact, it. I it kind of fired me up yeah. and... Um, you know, you know, gave me a couple ideas of, uh, of things to look into. Actually, um, like he just really like looks at things road. differently. So, yeah. yeah, fuck, that was a good episode. Um, and yeah, if you were a fight fan, that fight this weekend, <sighs> it was a doozy. Would well, the fight sucked. Um, but the post fight, I thought let, the fight was pretty good in general. The fight was 
And the, the fights leading up to it were Fights were great exciting oh, Shout out the Black Beast No And that is his official fight name Anyone who wants to get angry and at that And then the one right before the main event The, the co-main event How bloody did that get? Um, the girls? No, the uh, Ferguson Oh, the, oh the, the other lightweight Yes, uh, the other lightweight Match. Was it lightweight? Yeah. Oh my god, the absolute bloodbath. That guy was such a freak, like looking guy with his ears out. Like freak oh, show, fr- absolute freak show. Yeah. Oh, that was entertaining. They were doing backflips in the ring. They did a hand plant. They did a Tony Hawk hand plant during the fight. Yeah, dude. I kept. Uh, I noticed that that guy kept trying to make that move happen. It just wasn't happening. Um. But anyway, that's well. Just watch the highlights because uh, I know Brendan uh, mentioned how he doesn't like when podcast. Uh, do too much <laughs> stupid <laughs> chatting. Yeah, it's like when are you getting to the fucking meat and the potatoes? The meat and potatoes. So uh, a nice uh, five minute intro. Sorry about that, but sorry, uh, not sorry. Please forgive us. It's gonna be uh, the episode's enjoy. gonna make up for it. And should we get into it? Let's get into it. Uh, jam on, Rob. Jam on, Trav. Or should I say, jam on, Harvard Dome Davidson? Jam on, Tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Mr. Metcalf. Yes. How was the ride in? It was good. That's like a solid 5K? Maybe more? On a bike? Uh, just like down Broadway kind of the whole way. It is It is mostly downhill, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah so you're going to have to go uphill on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I'm a big biker, so... It's good. It's good. We actually just shot a music video right near your house on Lytton. Um, Probably you, another place. Yeah. Corner I, spot. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know, know where it should. is relative to him. Yeah, but. I, won't, I won't put the uh, the address out in the world yet, but uh, we'll, I'll, I'll point it out to you after the, the show. But you'll recognize it in the video for sure. Like we do some stuff on the street. You recognize the area. Mm-hmm. Recognize the area. Um, <laughs> very chill area. Very uh, neighbors were into the idea. Like some funny people popped up. Yo, could I be in the video? And stuff. We're like, no, dude. Really? While you were out on the street? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your father of three. I, <laughs> it's, not gonna, it's not our look. I guess I wasn't out there while they were doing all the filming of the car, but no, that's pretty funny. There was a lot of traffic going by. I could imagine there was it was a, manageable. Yeah. Um. So we're joined today, as uh, as we probably said in the intro, by my high school friend Brendan Metcalf, and uh, we went to Crescent School together. It's a private school in Toronto, and it was a good fucking school, like good times there. I think this is the first time you said the school on the podcast. You think so? Oh, also longtime <laughs> listener Brendan. Yeah, he's also a big fan. So. Shout out to Brendan. He reached out on like He's the third loyal. episode, yeah. And he was just like, Follower. dude, love it. Keep it going. And, uh, you know, eventually he was, he's back in town because he's, he's he hasn't been living in Toronto. And now he's on it. And he's also an insane guest to have. Like, the guy does so many things. We'll try to cram as much as we can into this episode. Um, but, yeah, no, high school. I guess I haven't mentioned that before, eh? And then you guys went to Western for together two years, yeah. for two years also. Um, and then he just took off like a rocket ship. Never looked back since. So, okay, let's take it through here. Crescent School, did you know what you wanted to be at all or did you just kind of 
Yeah, de- well, yeah, business. You just were like, I'm going to be a businessman. Yeah. Any influences and in any reason why? Um, well, I think we had like, we were similar in being like kind of more like the middle class guys around yeah. like a whole lot of rich kids. I remember being like to my mom, like, you know, like, uh, like, mom, I need the cell phone, I need the cell phone. And my mom always be like, oh, it's just a tax write off. Like they're just doing things like we're just normal people or whatever. And so I always was like, well, I'm going to be the guy who can write shit off on my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> also, should we, should we mention what Brendan's doing right now? Just so people have a little bit of an idea. I think we can touch pathway. on it in the intro. Like we can say where he's kind of g- getting to in okay. the intro. You know what I mean? But it, he is basically about to leave on a trip where he's going to travel and code. So, yeah, if but, so, so he's a software developer yeah. right now. Yes. But okay, so let's go back. Yes, we were. And it's funny that we say middle class because I'd say we're definitely upper middle. We're privileged people, but where we went to school made us feel <laughs> definitely inferior. We were like the regular people. We had to, you know, we, we compared to like the people getting, you know, Camaros, our first car is a Camaro or like a Porsche or uh <laughs> you know cottages and all that and mem- there was a there was a club right across the street the granite club sure were you a member no me either a lot of people were though and we had to be like oh cool yeah we'll just i'm just gonna go for lunch in the cafeteria <laughs> and they're like we're rolling <laughs> the granite skip across the street to the granite yeah. Yeah. um it's funny because i didn't look at that it didn't motivate me the same way i uh i was like i'm happy i just want to be a pilot I just want to travel, you know, make a modest amount. But you were like, I want to, I want the fucking, I want to go. Yeah. Cool. So you got into BMOS at Western? Yeah. Along with maybe a third of our grade? Yeah. That went to Western. (laughs) And then, so you're at Western and you had no plans on transferring out of Western at first? I did actually. Okay. Right off the bat? Yeah. I mean, I think like coming from like midtown toronto like in the city and then going to london ontario it's like a bit of a downgrade you know what i mean are you and talking to london local <laughs> what would you say about my hometown <laughs> well, i mean and i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not know, that but sensitive like, about it and so the, i was like damn in like, an objective sense yes yeah, yeah. And yeah. so i'm like you know like yo i want to be in you know like a sick like world city or something you know what i mean so yeah no i agree with you so I think like originally I wanted to transfer to McGill and I remember talking with like Merck about it. Or trying Alex to, like, Merkelami is one of our mutual friends. He's talking <laughs> but, about. but you know what? Also in defense, in terms of a fun school to be at oh. it, it, in Canada, <clears throat> it doesn't get much better. If you're going to school than... for fun. Yeah. Western. Western. Woo! I was there for five years intentionally. It's not like I was like held back. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of if you want like the, that more next level experience. No, <laughs> man. Western should be giving you like affiliate commissions. They pretty much have. They, they've <laughs> given. have given a lot of money to our businesses, uh, the grants and stuff like that. Since so, I do owe them. But uh, continuing with, you were at Western for two years, and then you decided to switch out or transfer. Yeah, yeah. So I got a little bit of a scholarship to go down to Babson College, which is in Massachusetts, and it's like a undergraduate business school that focuses on entrepreneurship and a tech. really good school yeah like it's cool i've never heard of this yeah school before so a couple of things about that i had questions about one is this you all pushing yourself forward or are your parents saying go for this scholarship check this school out or are you kind of like are you the one that's just guiding your own path here 
Um, on that move specifically, I mean, my mom's from Boston, so my uncle was like, hey, you know, maybe you should check out Babson, mm-hmm. take a look, whatever. It might be something you're into because he knew I did interested in entrepreneurship and stuff like that. But then a lot of these later moves that we'll get into, it's just like really all me. And then after I've like made up my mind, I'm just like, hey, mom, this is what's happening next. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. And the scholarship, did you find that? Uh, yeah, it was like pretty random. It was just like for Canadians. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to touch on this a few times this episode. Brendan's got a really cool way of like focusing on things and finding cool ways to do it. Uh, we'll talk about that later with, you know, the languages and the passports and stuff. So, <clears throat> okay. You're like, I want to get into this place. You found a cool scholarship. You, you had a little fun at Western. We hung out a little bit. Yeah. You know, we went we, two years of fun. Yeah, you know, you, you, you have a good balance in there, and then you get that acceptance, you ship off to Boston. What was that like? Like, culture shock? What Like, where'd you live and all that? I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, it was funny. It was kind of like, because this is like 2012, so when Drake is like really blowing up. I remember nice. like the first year. I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like, where are you from? I'd be like Toronto, and they'd be like, what? <laughs> and then like as Drake started blowing up more, like you're like the sixth dog. They'd be, they'd be like, oh, the sixth, you know. So it, there, it started changing, but I don't know. I remember like getting made fun of for like my Toronto accent. I'd be like, like yo, like what are you guys saying today? And they'd be like, what, <laughs> you know? <all> so <laughs> yeah, but you had Toronto slang, like that's why. Yeah. Like in high school, when I was saying like rolling up all like backpack party, you're always like. Sup, dude? Yo, what's your say? Like you, 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 you you had the full Toronto. uh, I can't, I can't even think of the other stuff. But you definitely fit that stereotype to the T. Um, so, and is this relative to where Harvard is and the other big schools in Boston? How? So Babson is like in the suburbs in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, you can get to it by like the train and stuff. It's like I don't know, half hour of the city. Awesome. And you're living where on your own in student res? No, you like have to live on res. It ended up. It, what was cool is they ended up matching me with another Canadian, a nice. kid from Montreal, and uh, that was like the best thing that ever happened because my Canadian roommate is named Sanjay Zimmerman, and um, he's just an absolute boss. Like right now, he's like a venture capitalist in Montreal, Jeez. and uh, yeah, just like also a rocket ship. Just a rocket ship. Eh? Yeah. He's going places. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you, you got, got you got linked up with a pretty cool dude. Um, and what's life like at an intense college like that? Like at a focused school for entrepreneurship? Like what are, what's what's life like? Like oh man, what social life clubs? Like what what's the fun? What's yeah, the- well, because it's pretty small. It's like two thousand undergrad, and so like you really needed to be on a sports team or in a fraternity to have like a bit of a built-in social circle. And did you do either? Yeah, I joined a fraternity. Okay, cool. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, and and you know, we, you know, when I was going through that rush process and stuff, you know, they're like, "Why do you want to join?" and I said, "You know, like when I was at Western, like I was around a lot of guys rushing uh the fraternity there, and so I'm like already a little bit familiar with like how things work and stuff like that, and I'm down to have that experience." What uh what frat was it? Mine is uh Sigma Phi Epsilon. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the bigger ones, isn't it? Yeah, so like yeah. probably top yeah, it's five. One of, it's one of the biggest in the U.S., yeah. Yeah, um, there wasn't any at Western, but we're, we had joined by the time you left, right? We had, we had one year at our fraternity Yeah, by the time I think some left. of the guys joined like freshman year and stuff, so. Yeah, because you, you'd come around, I think, even to maybe one of the open parties. No, yeah, man, they were like getting me to rush and stuff, and I was like, man, that basement was so duddy, and I was just like, 
I don't know if I'm trying to spend like four years in this basement and like everyone's Make like it five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun place. Once yeah. you get, it, it, once honestly, you get involved. different strokes, eh? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny cause I was pretty content with kind of the, uh, with, with what was going on at, at Western, you know, like the fun stuff. And I didn't, I guess I didn't really have as much direction as you and motivation to go off and do uh, like transfer to other schools and be more focused in my academics. If you knew what you wanted to do, like, or like you knew kind of had, if a, I had a better sense of it would what I wanted weird. to do, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe I'd be in a better spot. I don't know, but it's I cool. Th- yeah. Like Western, I didn't see it as, as someone who thought they were going to be a professional. Mm-hmm. I saw college as a vacation before the real world started. Mm-hmm. I already knew what I was going to do. This was a prerequisite to get my pilot's licenses. I was going to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, enjoy the traditional college party so when i when i came into the fraternity and i saw that basement club it was a heaven and hell part or no it was a playboy party and i saw these girls and these like muscular jockey frat guys walking around with like girls all around them and i was just little pipsqueak i was like i need this you never forget (laughs) your first time walking into that basement eh? i i just was just yeah, I, w- I was just floored, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like it—it it was a different feeling. That's what I was going for at college was the, the party, not that like. No, yo, well, like I'm I'm down to party, but like no, I know the, the, <laughs> the, the the windows are like shut, and like everyone's like smoking cigarettes, and the smoke like stays in there, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, yo, get the fuck out of here, but <laughs> yeah, that that was an issue. But uh, so majority of your social circle was based around Sigma Phi, in Boston then. Yeah, fair bit. And then just being an international student, quote unquote, being Canadian in the U.S., um, you know, I uh, hung out with the international students too, fair bit. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it was cool because it was for the first time that, you know, I had friends from like New York, Texas, California, all that. I mean, so like in my like, uh, so, you know, I was with Sanjay, the Canadian, uh, my first year, which is also like my third year of school. And then my senior year, uh, I'm in, I'm with, the fraternity guys in like a sweet style situation it's like six of us so two dudes are from atlanta one dude's from kentucky one dude's from nepal and one dude's from long island Killer. and so yeah there's like a lot of like even in the fraternity there's like a lot of international people stuff like that so yeah you, you had no problem making friends um pretty like you're you're definitely one of those guys that is not uncomfortable walking up to groups of people chat just like literally no discomfort there no nope. um i i pretty much feel like i could airdrop you into anywhere in the world and you'd find some weird circle of people that just like, like, yo, what's up? Oh, you're playing dice over there? Cool. Let me hop in. Let me learn this. Um, so was there was there fraternity a little bit less, you know, American Pie-esque because it's such a, a focused school? Like, was it more of a balance? Like, these people were all doing hard schooling and stuff? Or were they still like, let's get into it. Let's keg stands and sorority girls. Like, what was the vibe like? Yeah, yeah, man. It's definitely all that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's probably still the same for Just the most sure. part. Just making sure. <laughs> um, and so you graduate from Babson. Yeah, 2014. 2014. And then what was next? What'd you do? Um, yeah, backtracking just a tight tad bit. So the summer in between my two years at Babson... Um, I got an internship in Silicon Valley working for a venture capital firm. Um, it was like an unpaid internship. They're like, hey, you can come out, be like intern in the VC firm. And then Babson actually like gave me a little scully to like uh, 
like help just like pay my living expenses <laughs> while I'm out there. I love that term. Yeah, scholarly. So yeah, so, that's sick. So the the uh, internship was hooked up through your program at school. Um, a little bit. Like there was like a conference or whatever. And or then how I'm, did you? There was a conference at the school, and then I met like the director of the VC firm, and I was like, hey, blah, blah, and just like, you know, over email it progressed. And so like going out there really opened my eyes, man. It's crazy like driving down the highway and instead of it being like some rando logistics firm in Toronto, it's like Zynga and like Tesla and stuff like that. And you just like see it. And you pull into your VC, yeah. Yeah, it's like very like evident that like tech is like going on. You know, I'd be like traveling up to San Francisco and like, you know, all around like Mountain View and all that stuff. So yeah, Mountain View. Mountain View, yes, where Apple's headquarters is. Um, yeah, you mentioned this or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we have so we have a lot of podcast views yeah. from Mountain View. From Mountain View, yeah. I wonder who's listening. It's and... either like part of their like technology screening stuff, yeah. or there's actually like staff yeah. listening to it. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but that's super cool. And what the one of the coolest things about you, man, is you kind of really keep this low key. You know what I mean? You're not slapping like I, I don't see you slapping this all over your social media and like yeah. do you even have like 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 do you, do you even do much of those posts and stuff like that no i mean i did i I actually almost kind of felt bad like how i just kind of like dipped western and almost didn't say anything because i don't even know why man but i mean at this point it's almost hard for me to like brand myself because i'm doing like a lot of different things that i think it's kind of like you guys we're like we're doing a lot of like uh disparate things and they're all kind of like going the same direction but it's kind of hard to be like, okay, I'm like a podcaster and like a rock star and yeah. like a bartender and this and yeah. that. And they're, they're, they're all kind of like going the same direction. Everything like helps, but it's like hard to give like a cohesive message, you know? Very hard. Yeah. Something we really struggle yeah. with. Absolutely. That's a, point. That's a really solid point. So you're, you chose a different route though, because the stuff we're doing, even though it's disparate, it's public facing a lot of it. And it involves... Like for the jewelry company, I need to post yeah. a lot. For the music, if we don't post, what are we? You know what I mean? So like I, we, we struggle with that almost every day. Whereas it seems that the work you're doing, you know, the business, the VC stuff, you're getting this through conferences. You're getting these jobs or this work through. You don't necessarily need to have the social media. So you've opted to kind of lay low on it until you have a more concise brand that you want to promote is that the kind of deal yeah a little bit i i don't know i go back and forth i'm just not sure i'd do it yet you know what cool. I mean? <laughs> if anyone knows how to help brendan <laughs> please reach out to too many jams yeah. no that's so cool so my questions on that scholarship was so you literally just or so that vc was you got that through a conference just being a uh a, a not scared networker basically yeah 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 awesome. i'm like pretty good at like networking and like you know grinding on linkedin and all stuff so grind on linkedin yeah. nice sending messages very good at reaching out you were one of the few people from um my high school that's not in like my core everyday group of friends that reaches out occasionally mm -hmm. see what's going on keeping in touch with with whatever i'm putting out there you're you're giving feedback off of and that's how i've known what you've been up to as well um so really cool that's a cool skill like one that i lack like insanely bad but I'm just yeah. You that can't be, can't be. You too many things going on. Whatever. No, because it too has to faces. be you. Because it's never gonna be the other guy. It's mm -hmm. no one's like ever gonna reach out to you. Pluck you out and make give you a VC job. You know what? I need a. You're gonna be a VC uh, or intern at our VC. Yeah. No. <laughs> you get an internship. I, I, you, and I, yeah, that was a thing that took me a long time to. Uh, to sort of come around to also. Yeah, just, you, you thought a band was going to helicopter in and just suck, uh, it, abduct <laughs> him up UFO style into stardom. 
I was like, yeah, what are you doing? He's like, playing guitar in my basement until I get discovered, baby. Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> What's up? Tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Let's but, fast forward a bit to get yeah. some of the more interesting parts. So like, yeah, coming so, back to what Robbie said, so yeah, I mean, after I graduated, I stayed in Boston for a year working for um, a bank doing like, uh, like tech banking, like like uh, commercial loans and stuff like that. And I was actually living in my grandma's and it was like so... <laughs> Sorry, where's this? In Boston. In, Boston. in Boston. Boston. Your grandma lives in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it was like so far from the office. Like I was commuting like an hour and a half each way and I was just burning out and I was like, yo, like, okay, so I either have to like get my own apartment, which in Boston is like insanely expensive, like mm-hmm. whatever, like 2K US a month or whatever. I'm like, or I can like move to like some next city, which is kind of what I'm trying to do anyway. And so, yeah, and uh, yeah, I moved to Montreal in uh, summer 2015. Can we can we briefly touch on the vibe of each of the, the San Francisco job? Sure. You know, what the grind was like, what your life was like, you know, where you lived. And, and, it, the- and is like Silicon Valley somewhere where you want to end up one day after spending some time there? I mean, yes and no, because I'm an American citizen. So everything that I'm doing, I'm comparing against being in SF and being a software developer there. And so whatever I'm doing has to be like even cooler than that. Cause that's like the baseline, like what I should be doing in a more traditional path. Gotcha. It, traditional uh, for you, for you, the job or like the uh, industry that you're in. Yeah. Right? For being like in, if you're in technology, like you should be in the Bay area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you spent, uh, you spent the majority of that summer grinding pretty hard, working a lot, not too much, or did you have a traditional work schedule? Yeah, it was like, it was pretty traditional nine to five. It was like hack, man, because, you know, I'm trying to get by in like the Bay Area spending like 500 bucks a month on rent. So I was in all these like weird situations and stuff like that. Moved around like three, four times, Mm -hmm. like Kijiji, all that stuff. You know, one point I stayed in like dorms in like San Jose State University in the summer when no one was there and stuff like that. Helped like paint the school of San Jose State to like make some money and stuff like that. Like, just like, just, you know, just like trying to get by like super cheap, you know? And the people there, are they as stereotypical as you'd imagine? You know, you see them portrayed in like TV and film and yeah, I mean, everyone like, you know, like I went to a lot of, you know, tech meetups and stuff like that. They're pretty much every day out there. And I'd go with my buddy just because we need like the free pizza, just because we're like broke and we just need, we just need the free, we just need the free pizza from the meetups. And we go there and, you know, you got to talk to people and, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of like pretenders out there. There's a lot of just like talkers. It's like, you know, you know, like, and so you you just got to separate like who's actually like doing stuff. Who's like building the companies. Who's actually like writing the code and then who's just kind of like talking and. I don't know, but you, was there any sort of indicator you could pick up early on, or is just you had a feel for it? Yeah, I don't know, man. You just gotta have a feel for it. <laughs> yeah, we work these events. Um, I think it's about once a month. Every Monday, they do this tech to uh, yeah. meetup. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Yeah, and it's funny because it's the same situation there: free pizza, like yeah. booze, bar, people. And the bartenders <laughs> are always where the people go to flood our ears. That that are being rejected by the groups. Like, you know what I mean? Like the ones that aren't getting good, the weirdos, let's just say <laughs> the weirdos that aren't having success talking with people end up accumulating around the bar and they flood your ears nonstop for the entire tech. Mm-hmm. I, I don't look forward to those a lot, but <laughs> we'll keep it moving here. I feel like with Brennan, I know he has a million stories from every place he lived. Yeah. Like we could dive deep into each of it. I all, know, but We'll try to keep it high level for now, and then if we can, you know, circle we back can circle or back. It, yeah. Because 
just knowing you, you get yourself into weird fucking situations. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and you do a lot of stuff all the time, stuff that might seem normal to you, but always is kind of like, that would be uncomfortable for me. Um, so it's always cool, but we'll continue chugging this job. You're commuting in Boston. You're living with your grandma. This must feel a little weird. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because I'm making like pretty decent money, like sick money. Yeah. And I'm just like sleeping on the, f- like literally on the floor. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like an hour and a half away because I'm just trying to like pay down the student debt like as soon as possible. And like mm-hmm. I paid off like 30K US of debt in like less than a year. Damn. Yeah. And so I got. While you were working for this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so me like moving out of Boston, like really just coincided with just like getting back to zero. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's what I wanted to ask. So you actually got uh, funding. Was it a U.S. loan to go to Babson? Yeah. And did you do OSAP at Western? Yeah. Okay. And and are you debt free right now from all that? Yeah, I've been debt free for years. Like insane. Just just from willing to basically modify your lifestyle to pay off as much of it as possible as quick as possible. Yeah, I mean, for me, like debt's an emergency. Like that shit needs to be gone as soon as possible. Killer. Yeah. Killer. I like but that. like not many people have your focus on just like achieving these like things that seem like very focused goals mm-hmm. to someone they would spread paying off their debt out into a multi-issue lifestyle crisis of I got to live and yeah. yeah so what's your what's your secret to just sort of focusing on I don't know these goals and things that you have going on in your life cuz you're sacrificing a lot you must understand like that like you of all people probably understand that you're not, as you said, you had to dip your high school crew and, and you, you're spending time away from maybe your core family in Toronto. Like mm-hmm. these are real sacrifices that yeah, I'm sure you ponder. Yeah. Like what, what's your thoughts on all that? Um, it's worth there's it. a lot of questions in there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, what sacrifices are the ones you think about the most when you're making these decisions as, as like a, a pro con or like a weighted decision like what's what's the balance on the other end that that you feel most when you make these decisions well i mean like i'm the oldest of four kids so like you know like being away from like my little siblings and stuff like that is obviously a sacrifice being away from like high school friends and childhood friends is obviously a sacrifice because that stuff's way more for life than like the people like the obviously the people i, I met in boston and montreal etc like good friends great connections stuff like that but there's there's something about like childhood friends that's like a little bit different yeah um, and you know, being away from that, but at the same time, I know you know, I can kind of come back to that and hopefully pick it up. You know, <laughs> I think so. The same reason why those are the longest lasting is the same reason why you could probably go away and come back and just reignite it. Um, that's a, that's okay. So you, what was that, Rob? No, I was just gonna say I want to ask about Montreal. Yeah, living in Montreal. Yeah, and how that decision came about. Just yeah. when did you decide you, you wanted to leave and pack up and you knew you were ready and Montreal's where you wanted to go? How'd that come about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd wanted to move to Montreal for like years before I did it. So like I said, I moved in 2015. It was on my mind starting in like 2011. Um, I mean, I basically just waited till like the winter ended in Boston and then like in like April, I just did it just like bought like a greyhound ticket had all like my shit in like a backpack and just did it grabbed like an airbnb didn't even have a job yet actually 
and uh, got a job within like my first month on the ground in Montreal. And the the, the whole like the whole like allure of Montreal, the whole like is really for the language learning, and like that's what makes it a unique city is because it's obviously a francophone city, and I knew that I could you know accomplish that sort of like parallel goal i could continue with my goals of like you know technology and stuff but then also just like on my evenings and weekends be like learning a foreign language and stuff like that and you know like i said like i'm comparing all like the whole time in montreal making like you know canadian dollars less money than even if i was in toronto but i knew that i was doing something cool and like i'm i'm comparing this against like if i was just an sf or whatever and so i just want to do something more cool you know I yeah I like that I mean his whole mentality is is a tad different from mine I'm I feel like my holdbacks and reservations come from uh, tr I mean I maybe overthinking and trying to be much more calculated in my decisions yeah. like I could never see myself just packing packing my stuff into a bag and getting on a greyhound and moving to another city with uh it's mind blowing yeah but I mean, it is all like macro calculated like I said it's like it was kind of like in my head for like years. Yeah. And like even some of this other stuff we'll get into, like it's all, it's like been like years in the making a little bit. It's like, it's sort of like, I, I just make sure I control like the, the, like the, the, the larger view, like the big picture. And then the small things just kind of like fall how they fall. That's really interesting way to look at things. Cause I, I find that you and I, probably get wrapped up in the little things so much that we, yeah, we, we probably lose too yeah. much that. It almost, uh, you know, takes more time to do things, you know? This is something that we, we could probably, die, like this kind of philosophy is something that we, I, I really want to explore as like something to learn about myself. Because the thing, the thing that impressed me most about it is in order to do that, you have to travel light. And I mean, like, not just like the actual bags you brought on your back. Mm. I just mean, like, I'm so planted. I have so many roots and I it's like you really have to in the same way and, yeah. and emotionally and like these relationships like I just I, I feel like I am I'm heavy here and you seem to have this lightness whether it's on purpose or something you work on or something you kind of born with that allowed you to kind of make these moves more freely it's, it's kind of interesting yeah, I mean, I almost don't even know what you're talking about, but it's like in your <laughs> like. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, Rob? I, I I totally get what yeah. you're saying. That you know, in term, yeah, that you have have managed to find a way that you can easily sort of, you know, just get up and go to different places, whether it's it, act your actual physical baggage that you're bringing with you, or um, you know, ev everything that you have sort of form formed for yourself in the city that you're currently in or wherever you are mm -hmm. you have no issues with just sort of getting up and taking off and whatever and then, the philosophy is we'll figure that out yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to it maybe uh something we can follow up with because a lot of times people when we have a guest on mm -hmm. people want to hear more more from it you know what <laughs> i mean like and we want to hear more from it so we usually because it's like we're already 30 minutes into this episode and we'll probably go a bit longer just because you know, we got a lot to talk about, but you know, so we got to, we got to keep moving here. You just packed up, you went to Montreal, you quit your job, you had some money saved. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And you're like, okay, I'll get some Airbnbs and I'll find a job. What does your month look like on the ground finding that job? Like, what's that like? Uh, it looks like going to a lot of tech meetups, um, grinding on LinkedIn, looking for like alumni and stuff like that from Crescent or Babson or whatever mm -hmm. that you know, can give me like a little in, cold applying, just 
just everything. Whatever it takes. Yeah. And how long per day? Like, like I, you basically like treat getting a job like a full-time job. I was cool. just about to yeah. say that. Yeah. But yeah, but like, I'm curious just cause like, I want to know what like your kind of day is like, at what point, how do you know when you're done for the day? How do you know when you, or like, like what is your, like, you know what I mean? What's your kind of day feel like? Are you like, oh, I've done, I've done enough applying today. I'm going to go for dinner or I'm going to go do some stuff in the park with a few people I met. Like, how how does that kind of feel? Yeah, I mean, um, I wanted to start working like kind of as quickly as possible just just to like reduce uncertainty. And so I probably got my job within like three weeks of being on the ground. Um, End up working for a company called Insight, which is like a Fortune 500 like um, IT consulting company. And I was doing... uh, sales for them so from having been kind of more on like the finance side and stuff like that um this was like slightly less like prestigious you know like cold calling stuff like that but it was cool because moving me towards uh like closer to the technology like learning about like servers and like the it infrastructure of a business this is like business to business sales and stuff like that so you really learn like what technology like actually like powers a business and uh it's, it's cool from that perspective killer how did you when you were looking for a job and you got there mm-hmm. did you did you feel overwhelmed all the time like you should be um like you should be searching for a job non-stop in the couple of weeks that took you to finding it or um like did you feel overwhelmed all the time or was it easy for you to you know go out and try and you know, maybe have a beer with some buddies or like I, you I, bar- I barely like knew anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I'm trying to get paid, so I was just trying to get that job as soon as possible, you know. And I I at this point I also knew that I was basically gonna learn how to code. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I was just trying to find something that was like as close to tech as possible where I could get some like exposure to to software and stuff. What was it during the VC in San Francisco, or like at what point, like when you're working for that bank? was the tech idea already in your mind or like at what point did yeah, you, yeah yeah just going out to like san francisco you definitely like see the light you know you're what like I mean? this is what i want to get to yeah yeah and then like you know working at the bank in in boston i'm like holy shit like a, a robot is just gonna replace me you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so you get a job you're working at sales a lot of people a lot of people just view these things differently like you hear people talk about sales Ugh, like i hate this and, and all that and you're just like no like i wanted to learn a lot but it got me it was a step closer it's a stepping stone you got to put in your time so you grind you ground out uh doing sales mm-hmm. you spent your free time immersing yourself in the language in French, yeah. you kind of put yourself on a little island and it forces you to to build a community a little bit yeah it's a, it's an exercise mm-hmm. really cool and chris our friend chris um, and the South America episode did a very radical version of that. Yeah, enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys will probably get along. I feel like the uh, so the sales job. You're working there. You know you want to learn to code. Yeah. So take us through the next steps. Um, you know, with that. I mean, it's like learning a little bit evenings and weekends, dabbling in the code. Um, and so I'm all, you know, I'm like working the full-time job. I'm like not taking it super seriously. I like, I had like a chess set on my desk, like the like a game, like in progress with like the dude across the like cubicle from me. So I'm like, I'm not taking the, the sales thing super seriously, but you know, like you said, it's, it's getting me in the right direction. Evenings and weekends, putting in some hours, um, learning French, coding, saving up money, knowing that I wanted to do a coding bootcamp. I was familiar with the concept of a coding bootcamp probably earlier than most people just from 
I guess, exposure the to the, the tech ecosystem or whatever. And they're like decent expensive, like e- like starting at like 6K Canadian, going into New York City, it could be like 15K US in New York, something like that. So pretty expensive. So I knew I needed to save money up for that. What and is a coding bootcamp? Sure. Um, so a coding bootcamp is like an intensive, usually two or three month immersion where they take someone with typically like very little experience with software development and coding and teaching them sort of all the basics uh, with the idea in mind that they would graduate from the coding bootcamp good enough to get like an entry level software development job. Which is what our okay. friend Alex, you know, Alex Mitchell. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what he did. And now he's working in tech at, uh, at a bank. So it's, you know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, exactly, it's exactly what happened. So it's like a, it's fast tracked sort of course mm-hmm. that you take to get yeah. you, yeah, okay. to get your job. Cool. Coding boot camp. And so you, once you had enough saved, you quit your job, you went right to the boot camp. Was it in Montreal? Yeah. In Montreal. Cool. And what's that? That's like a, I feel like an eight week thing. Did you already, did you already mention how long it was? Yeah. Mine was eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Um, is it intense? What's yeah, it's super intense. The expectation is that um, you're doing it from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, weekends, all that stuff. They're like, don't travel on weekends, like during this eight week time period or whatever, because I mean, it's like really not a lot of time to get up to speed if you're really trying to get a job. So yeah, you really got to grind it. And can you choose which languages you want to do or? like sort not of what within area the program you would have you to wanna... you would have to choose the boot camp based on maybe the technology stack that they used so i'll give you an example like a lot of boot camps in toronto and stuff like that they would use ruby on rails on the back end and i knew that that language is like a little bit dying or just not as relevant and so i chose one that did a full stack javascript using javascript node.js on the back end because i really wanted to double down on that language and i didn't want to like clog my mind with with Ruby, so I sort of chose the boot camp based on the tech stack they were using. I, I I hate to put a little, like, cause this is a little bit off topic, but something I'm curious about is, uh, your your passions. Like, uh, what if I were to do all this? Cause I I know I'm capable of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts the whole time and what I struggle with is like, what do I really want to do? Like, what is my passions and stuff like that? So what is this, is, is, are you tying into that into it or is your like, success the goal? Like, like what's the underlying, yeah. it's, it's, it's startups, it's technology. It's like building disruptive businesses to make the world better. You know, we and have that to, excites you. we have to, yeah, it's like the Elon Musk thing. It's like, we got to get space, we got to clean the oceans. We got to like, you know, like desanitize the water, all that, you know, like whatever. <laughs> or sanitize. Sanitize. Desalinate. Salin- De- yeah. Desalinate so we just, the water. We just got to use technology and like market-based solutions to make the world better. And like coding will make me able to like create products that can do that. And, and yeah. So this is so, in line with your passions is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So, so your end goal isn't necessarily like a focused place it's you know it's more of an overarching make the world a better landing place. pad you kind of want to yeah the goal is just you. to like have as much of a positive impact on the world as you can and just to be like useful for other humans that's really cool because like I'd be like oh I'd, I'd have a I'm like oh I want to play music and be a rock star I don't know it just seems like I'd be like coding cool but you know how's that going to make me my passions and you're saying it's on track 
it's not just a money thing. It's not just a, a success thing. It's on track to what you want to be, which is a disruptive businessman, a thinker, someone that's that's doing cool stuff. And that's what that's what you're passionate about, as well as traveling, which we'll get to really shortly, mm-hmm. and and a kind of a means of freedom. Like, is there a freedom aspect that you're you're looking for as well? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, like through software development, the freedom is location independence. It's the ability to like live and work wherever you want. And so, you know, when I try to like explain that, I try to get people excited about location independence and this idea uh, of like, you know, just being able to be anywhere there's Wi-Fi. And I think people are, like aren't really getting it because they're, like, they're just like, oh, well, I just want to be in Toronto anyway. But, you know, it, it could might it might mean that you can do like four days of the week in Muskoka and then three. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have you don't have to friggin go to Bali with your location independence, but it's just the freedom of mobility. It's just like life changing. It can be as simple as being working from home is, is location. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, if you have I, kids you wanna, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You want to work at the coffee shop. It, it, it's not being dependent on that one location at the one spot is what you're saying. Yeah. You don't have to be in South America or, or Bali. Or, yeah. And just touching on the, the boot camp again is uh, this just came to my mind. Is there a screening process? Like, yeah, you have to, you have to like pass like some tests and like show that you've already oh, so you have to have time sort of to learn like a little bit, bit of a background knowledge. Yeah, but if you like sense. if you like grinded it out for like a month or whatever, just put in like you know two hours a day or whatever, you you'd be able to like pass the test again because it's a it's a business for them. They need money. So. But but essentially they're starting from ground zero with you. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. with a little rudimentary knowledge, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Also, one little question. Are you thinking about backup plans at all? Are you thinking about what happens if I don't get that job? What happens if I really am not doing well in coding or this? Like, what? Like, what? Are you thinking about this at all? Is it on your mind? Well, I mean, like, I have a business degree, so I can always just go be a normal business guy. But, I mean, software development actually kind of is the backup because otherwise I would just go off be an entrepreneur like raise the money the business fails whatever but software development is like kind of the backup because like that will be in demand forever you know i got you cool and, and how did just a little thing because we both just finished our cfa how did is that something you just started three years ago and then things changed and you just kept going with it yeah so congrats on on doing that Trav. yeah i think you and me were kind of in the same boat there right <laughs> yeah um did plans kind of change and you're like you know what this is a good thing to have i'm just gonna finish it off um yeah, basically. I mean, I think it's important to be like uh, um, financially, uh, what's the word? Savvy. Sound. Financially, <laughs> financially sound for sure, but just financially savvy. I, you know what I mean? Um, nice. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'll be um, here all episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I like the content in it is like good. Um, Especially and, if you want to be and, a, yeah, an yeah, entrepreneur. And so, like, yeah. I, I think I kind of combine the two worlds where like I'm a coder, but I also have like a very strong like financial business background. And so it's like a pretty deadly combo. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. It's probably the main reason why I didn't drop out because it's a major fucking commitment. Ruined yeah. my last three years. The springs of them at least. Dude, it's huge. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, 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 if you if you walked it, in, it definitely you, lowered my quality of life. Quality of life significantly <laughs> lowered. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah. Ruin the springs. Just ruin the fucking springs. Um, if you upstairs, I have all my books laid out. I'm selling mm-hmm. them. I want them out of my life. Mm-hmm. I want them gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should get my CFA. Uh, you want to buy a set of books upstairs? Like they, they cost a shitload of money. How much? Year. How much are we talking? We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So as as someone, when I started my CFA, I was just kind of figuring things out as well. Just had a concussion, kind of didn't know what to do with my time. 
So I just thought it's a good way to not fall behind my friends as I as I recover. Mm-hmm. Started working on this business, realized that the CFA, as you said, a lot of really positive lessons in there. Just because I would be around bankers, my friends, and I would feel like uh, I'd feel illiterate. You know what I mean? They talk about the mm. the, the, the money world. Yeah, financial literacy was the word. That's the word, for. literacy. Yeah, literacy. I would feel illiterate. I'd sit there and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is happening. This is happening." And this is just general money talk that I just felt like an idiot about. Mm-hmm. And now after the CFA, I could I could watch uh, like BNN and be like, "Cool, all mm-hmm. right, that all makes sense." Mm-hmm. I understood the Big Short. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and it also helps if you're going to raise money, if you're going to do any sort of Absolutely. capital budgeting or or uh, valuation stuff like that, they're going to respect you and it's going to be yeah. beneficial. That same way I kept on it, so yeah, not a waste of time. Let's keep moving to th- that was like the end of that questions. I want to kind of move into we're we're actually doing pretty well on time here. Believe let's, it or not, let's talk about. Um, Passports. Well, because that's something. Yes. Yeah, so how you kind of got interested into interests. languages and passports yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, so I consider it sort of like uh, a process of like internationalization. So like I grew up as just like a monolingual English speaker, only just Canadian citizen. And um, yeah, trying to be someone that like has multiple passports, speaks multiple languages, has bank accounts all over the world. Um, all that kind of cool James Bond stuff. And so you just like this, this kind of cool image that, that you picture there. You're like, I want to learn French. Yeah. I feel like you're the type of guy that, uh, maybe give it five years, but you'll be at like the Japanese restaurant and like the bill will come <laughs> and you'll be like something, something, something <laughs> like, you know, you just pull that out of the, yeah, like dude. in limitless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean like, a. I was downtown the other day, like on the street corner of Queens Spadina, listening to a podcast. I just like hear some French. I look over, it's like two like hot girls like our age. And they're like I I can tell they're from France from the accent. I'm just like you know like oh yeah they Francaise and they're like way and I'm like way. Oh. <laughs> 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 Are you fluent in French now? Yeah, yeah. I'm probably perfect. I'm fluent. Yeah. So that's yeah, I'd love to have. Was that, that one yeah. year? Or two years in Montreal. Three. Three, yeah. three years, three years in Montreal. And did you did you really make an effort to learn it outside of you just um, like immersing Conversing. yourself in the culture and like going about it day to day, or did you spend time like babble or like anything like that? Um, outside, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely something I would like to communicate to people is that like if you like just put in the time. Like, it's not just like it's possible, it's like it's inevitable. It's the same thing as going to the gym. If you go to the gym every other day for two years, it is inevitable that you will be larger and jacked and all that stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not like it's possible to get jacked. It's like you will be if you just go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you read the newspaper, read the newspaper in French, if you listen to music, movies, if you talk to people, you will be fluent eventually. Especially as you said in two years or three years like that time of time horizon Yeah, Yeah. but the thing about it's a good thing you brought up weightlifting because because yeah If you go to the gym all the time, but there's also supplementary stuff like eating right and all that So what kind of what we're asking is were you doing that supplementary stuff as well? Were you spending any time? uh, On the actual traditional learning of it or was Mm -hmm. it all immersion? I would say that I wasn't um, I wasn't like super intense about it 
Like I wasn't like having to do like hours a day. I just knew if I did a little bit, I just knew if I did a little bit every day, mm. just these little 1% improvements every day, then I'd eventually get there. Big process guy. Yeah. Big process guy. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so that the languages is just something that you kind of enjoy. It's like a hobby. Like you really, you really, it's part of that bigger image of who you want to become. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really cool because I, I've heard it also helps uh, your perspective and the way you think about problems and stuff, learning other languages. So it's a it's a really cool thing. Um, there's a lot of cool things that that uh, we we are probably going to skip over too, just because of time. Uh, the next thing was the passports. Another really interesting thing that you do that I don't think a lot of people do. Mm. Let's just spend a couple minutes talking about your citizenships and your passport journey. Yeah. <laughs> How many passports do you have right now? I have two with a third in processing. And I have like a fourth for my mom in processing. That's so wicked. And and how, who even turned you on to this? Who even like how did you stumble across this idea? Yeah. So like I mentioned briefly, my mom is American, but has lived in Toronto for twenty plus years. And so I never had my American thing like growing up. Um, but when I went down to the states, I was actually still just Canadian when I went down to the states. Just. Um, no, just <laughs> but like, I was like, you know, like I actually can probably get this thing, and you know, just like look it up online, and it, you know, it was actually like unbelievably easy. Like, booked an appointment at like the American consulate in Toronto uh, on like a Thursday. You know, brought in all the like required documentation, went in with my mom. And they're like, okay, your passport will be ready next Tuesday. And I was like, what? <laughs> People are like waiting in lines all over the world, yeah, begging yeah, yeah. to become an American citizen. Yeah. You're like, one form, cool later. Yeah, so that was insane. <laughs> it's and like then, getting the fast pass at Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, you, had, you fast passed it. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should rip Canada's Wonderland this weekend. We should. Saturday. Down. You're gone, eh? I'm gone. Um, and then so so I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I wonder if I can get other passports by descent. And my mom is um, like, you know, like Irish Italian. I guess she's like the third generation or whatever. Her like grandparents came over. So I started looking at the Irish, started looking at the Italian, found out that I would be eligible for Italian citizenship by descent. Went through the whole process, went to all kinds of like archival offices, genealogical offices, like wrote letters to like little towns in Italy to like get birth certificates all this stuff I know a lot about like genealogical <laughs> shit and so uh yeah so crazy so, yeah so this wasn't exactly an easy process for you the no, Italian dude, citizenship dude, put, like, like you put in, in thing, man. you put in quite a bit of work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, it probably cost me um easily north of like a thousand maybe two thousand dollars for the like even just because you had to get everything translated into Italian that was like over 600 bucks um, every little like birth certificate was like at least 20, 30 bucks, stuff like that. So lots of stuff. So anyway, so that's already in processing. I'm just kind of like waiting for them to like go through it. You know how Italy be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not going through any crime bosses to get some of this stuff back. Yet. No, but you know, it's like a bureaucratic place. So it takes a while. And then, uh, so with the Irish one, so I am like the cutoff generation. I can't get Irish because I'm like fourth generation, but my mom can cause she's like the granddaughter. Daughter, yeah. And so, yeah, so I have like all the stuff for her. But if your mom gets so, citizenship, then can you not just, just about to bounce say. it down? No, because I was already born and was not registered in the foreign register of births. But I need her to do it because till then my kids can get it. Because if, if she has her uh, Irish citizenship before my kids are born, 
then you know they then my it. kids yeah. my kids grandmother will be irish and then they'll be irish and then my kids would have four passports and then and hopefully more hopefully i'll acquire some more that's such a <laughs> like yeah. who thinks of this shit is what i'm thinking the whole time right but it's so cool yeah so could you automatically pass down i mean once you have three or four uh passports yeah and then you have kids do yeah. they automatically so obviously this will differ country to country but Pretty much every citizenship you can pass to your like immediate child and then certain countries will let you do it to like grandchildren. Wow. Really cool. I'm like deep generation Canadian. I don't think I can trace. I, I, I know, know my lineage. I'm the same way. But it's way the fuck back. I, I don't know much of my lineage, but I could tell you. Just a couple deep it's, Canadians. Uh, <laughs> majority Canadian. So <laughs> it might be tough for me to dig into uh getting some, getting some passports but mm-hmm. I guess we could just leave it at that topic at if anyone wants to know more about that stuff maybe just reach out to you uh, just ask your grandparents where yeah. they were born and stuff you know? ask Brendan where you were born <laughs> uh, so we're, we're just we're getting towards the end here and we touched on so many things like that flew by that was 50 minutes um, crazy crazy uh, and we barely like barely scratched, scratched the surface, surface. eh but it's cool to get it all out there so someone can paint a general picture and then we can maybe dive in on the more specifics. And if they want to go back in time to reference the general, at least we have this episode there. Uh, I want to know about where this is all led. So where you're, what, cause you have a pretty cool. What's next? Yeah. Oh man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm flying out tomorrow morning to Dallas, Texas. Why Dallas? Because he's a U.S. Um, citizen and fucking goddamn it, I'll go do whatever I want. want. Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. Home Post we did, Malone. Yeah, right. we, did, I, we, did, we didn't even really touch on this before the episode when we were just chilling for a minute. But so basically, I'm going to kind of attempt to um, become an American resident, cease to be a Canadian resident. And so the process is going to look like I fly down there tomorrow. Um, what I did is I, I engaged sort of like think conceptually of like a PO box. Mm-hmm. So, cause I'm not going to be like living full time in Texas, not even going to be living full time in the U S um, I'm trying to go traveling, you but need I a still, mailing address, but you so, need yeah. a mailing address. And so there's a company that I engaged that like my mail goes to them. They like scan everything and then mail it to me as PDFs or whatever. And, um, yeah, so, so that's, what's up. And then, so I'm going to use that. <laughs> so I'm going to use that address to open some bank accounts, get my name with that address, you know, on some official looking paper, and then go to the driver's license office, the DMV in Texas and attempt to switch my Ontario driver's license to a Texas driver's license. And if I can do that successfully, then that basically means I'm a Texas resident and I'm an American resident, which will help me, uh, lower my taxes. The reason we're doing Texas, by the way, is that it's one of the only states in the U.S. with zero uh, income tax at the state level, okay. and so it'll help me like lower my my tax burden. And I want to be an American resident so that I can work for American companies and get paid in U.S. dollars and get paid more. And you can't just as an American citizen. What do you mean? Like what, before when you're working in Boston, were you were you not getting paid in U.S. dollars? Well, or? I was, but I mean, um, being like ma- like working for an American company like as a full time employee while being a Canadian resident would be would be a little complicated from a tax perspective. And, oh, and tax wise. Yeah, okay. and I wouldn't you wouldn't even want to do it. So yeah, so I'm just gonna become an American. I got you. Resident. It was more of a tax issue, not that they couldn't hire you or, or no, pay no. Yeah, I could I could like I could like work, but yeah, it's just more just you know like like so the way I try to like analogize it if that's a word to like my family is like 
you know how like every company is like registered in Delaware, yeah, but they're not like actually in Delaware, it's and a it's tax not, purpose. Yeah. yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's there for like so the business. You registered so in the, Texas, <laughs> so the business of Brendan Metcalf is going to be registered in Texas, but I don't really overly. So ladies out there, uh, if you want to get in the Brendan Metcalf business, Texas is where they're registered. Uh, Can, speaking of ladies, are you are you, do you have any girls right now? Like Dude, a girlfriend? We, we got to talk about this on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Because I, I, I want to know how you're just going <laughs> to uproot to Texas and then right down to Mexico City, no girlfriend, right? This isn't going to be long distance? No, I mean, like, like this stuff has been planned, so I've always just, like, communicated to everyone, you know, I'm leaving and, on you a know, every, everyone's all sad, but... Yeah, no, that's yeah. cool, though. It, you've always known, so you, it's, it's always been there. So let's, let's talk about... So that's really cool in Texas, by the way. Uh, you can get a conceal and carry pretty, pretty nails move if you want. Um, and, and then you're going to take off to Mexico for six weeks. Yeah. Direct from Dallas to Cancun direct flight. It was like a hundred bucks Canadian. Pretty legit. <laughs> wow. And what, you're just going to hang out there and work remotely. Yeah. Work remotely. Is it a um, remote work spot or you just, yeah, it's huge. The internet's really good. Um, Playa del Carmen where I'm going to go is known as like a, a pretty big, like digital nomad hotspot. Uh, digital nomad being kind of like a location dependent worker someone who can work online and so there's a lot of those people there lots of like the coffee shops are just like packed with people doing cool online businesses and stuff like That's that it's gonna be so rad yeah yeah I'm, and I'm, I'm i'm going down with a, a buddy from toronto to like split the airbnb so i'm not like so, so airbnbs and how are you gonna acquire work in mexico online work like uh that? well like i said i'm gonna work for an american company and remotely so oh, do you have this lined up already the company that you're working for no i'm like talking to everyone but i need to know what's going to happen in texas with the driver's license thing because it might um like that could impact how i'm going to go about things you know what i mean so you're not going to be freelancing it's not like you're going to get jobs no i want to from... be a full-time employee so that you know it redu- like it, it implies like a more like commitment from them mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i'm not like running around looking for gigs and stuff and you're going you're going to be six weeks in Mexico. Yeah. And then after that, what's your plan? To come that back up to America? That brings me to like mid-December. So I'll probably come back here for Christmas and stuff with the fam. And then, we'll check in. Yeah, we'll check in. And then uh, probably go to France in the in the start of 2019 because, you know, I've been, I you know, I want to go. You want to work on the French? Yeah, I want to go work on the French. You want to speak some... Uh... French to some Parisian ladies. <laughs> so. uh, wee wee. <laughs> no, that's all super cool. Uh, this job in uh, you, so you're gonna try to actually be applying for these jobs when you're in Texas and Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And you have again a little money saved and no backup plan. <laughs> I guess not. I love it. Just fly back home. Like that's a backup plan, right? Like you just yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I, I like I like his whole mentality. He's not so. He's not so focused on him. He, he, like we said this, he's a process guy and he's sort of his end goal is a landing pad. And in that way, he's not so focused about every little step along the way. He's more just, you know, taking things as opportunities and learning experiences and then, you know, putting that under his belt and then knowing eventually that he'll end, that you'll end up somewhere. Right. A yeah. very unique perspective. Yeah. Very unique. Like, I, I definitely, like, the way you see the world is different. It's cool. You know what I mean? I really like it. And also, thanks so much for reaching out. Again, this is this is a product of someone who just reaches out and just says, hey, like, I'm in town. What's up? Like, life's good. Love the podcast. Let's uh, let's get on together. Cool. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, Easy. Easy. It's just, and a lot of people, uh, 
just don't operate like that. So it, it and that's, it was such a cool story. And dude, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. For coming on, dude. That was wicked. That was fun. Thanks guys. And we will, uh, I guess, uh, for you listeners out there, get a little inspired. Um, and we'll see you next, next Tuesday.